I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. We're really happy to have you here. And today we're taking things a slightly different direction. We are talking about what we know now after one year of being parents that we did not know before. Let me be clear, in no way are we parenting experts. This is not about parenting expertise. This is just two human beings trying to figure out how to keep a small person alive and stay married (laughs) and keep running a business and, you know. And remain sane. And remain sane. Yeah, because our podcast is the Kate and Mike show, but it's also called Love, Life, and Business. No, Life, Love, and Business is the correct... Would that be our tagline? Yeah. Life, Love, and Business. So we want to make sure that you know our life revolves around... We have a business. We have a family. We have a marriage. We work together. We have friends. Stuff like that. Sometimes Mike says that we're dating, which is really funny. (laughs) I like to say that, you know, spice it up a little bit. He'll be telling a story and be like... Well, you know, Kate and I have been dating for, you know, five years or whatever. And I'm like, you were married. <laughs> yeah. You know what? At least it's I cute. think we're still, you know, know. in the dating really, phase. I think it's really sweet. So, all right. Well, we've been dating now since. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so Penelope just turned one on September 15th, 2016. And we're recording this in October 3rd. Yeah. 2016. So she's like one and change. Yeah. Want to change. So I will say for me, what I now know that I did not know before is how incredible the human body is and how resilient we are. Because my body, personally, considering birth and then mastitis and going through an infection and then the lack of sleep and the breastfeeding and then thrush and like all sorts of crazy things that have happened like not being pregnant and then, and then being pregnant. Yeah, yeah yeah well that's the biggest one it's so amazing what the human body does and like producing enough milk to feed penelope but then not exploding when i'm not with her because i decided to stop pumping recently like it's just i now know that my body is amazing and i never really knew that before so that's been huge for me is in the past year really in many ways heal what's been a tumultuous relationship that was always sort of focused on how can I keep my body as small as possible? And now the shift has been, how can I keep my body as healthy and nourished as possible so that I can keep feeding Penelope and keep being there for her? And it's been amazing how much more relaxed I've been and just what the body can do and like how little sleep I can survive on too. I think I was used to be like a nine hour a night kind of girl. It's just incredible that like all the functions still happen, even if you can't get that. So that's my first lesson. That's great. Mm-hmm. As Kate just woke up from a nap. I did. Awesome. I might sound a little groggy yeah. because I decided rather than work this morning, it's a bright, shiny Monday morning. And I was going through my Instagram feed and everyone was like, you know, their memes like Monday mornings are for go getters and like take the week by storm and, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really it was awesome. Awesome. That's great. And I just have to acknowledge you for post-birth because I believe 
I knew you previous birth, and we can talk about that later if you desire to. But post-birth, you've really just kind of listened to yourself during this time. And just like you've really done a great job, you know, during this process of, I guess, new Kate after baby, you know. So it's been amazing. Thank you very much. uh, To watch. And I second, Kate, what you talked about is the human body. I feel like every day we are bombarded with marketing messages around nutrition, foods this not eliminate this from your diet and don't eat this and take these pills and you're going to lose weight and i saw the new like detox tea that like this tea will help you lose weight all of this stuff and the reality is like researching the process of birth like when we went to all those classes and went to all these things i realized like wow the woman's body is so programmed to take care of itself like it was pretty amazing you know just during pregnancy and post-pregnancy and during birth and what happens during that and how it's all signaled together to make happen. It's phenomenal experience. So that's pretty cool. What have I learned from Penelope, you know, after one year of parenting? I told the guy I was at CrossFit class this morning and he was asking about Penelope and our coach. And I said, the number one thing, I said, you didn't ask for this, cause, but they, they're talking about having a baby. So I said, I'm going to give you some unsolicited advice right now. And the only thing that basically, because we're talking about it, I said, the number one thing I've learned about is that we don't control anything. We have control over nothing. And the faster that can be learned, the easier almost life becomes. And this came from, I spent three days, like Kate left to go to San Francisco Thursday morning and came back Sunday morning this past week and it was my first time with that extended period of time with Penelope and that was really like in Thursday and Friday she was at daycare for part of the day but I just really gave in on Saturday and I was like okay because a lot of times before baby it would be like oh we can work a little bit here we can go to lunch I can come back work for two hours we can do a little bit here bounce back and forth with work and hanging out with Kate or hang out with friends or whatever and I'm realizing more now about how disciplined I have to be with my time and how efficient I have to be so like if I only have an hour when she was down for a nap like I have one hour to basically work you know to get some stuff done which I needed to get done for this podcast actually this past weekend so it was like Okay, I'm going to spend the hour. It got done within that hour. And I knew like when she was awake, a lot of times will... And I find this happens to me all the time. I'm not sure if this happens to anybody else. But it's like I might be playing with Penelope, but then I can think about those emails I need to go write or think about the website changes that need to be made. So I'm like, okay, how do I do both of them at the same time? So then I'll get on my computer for 10 minutes and try to knock it out. But then she starts you know, fussing and then I have to go take care of her and then I come back, right? So you're bouncing back and forth. And I realized on Saturday, I was just like, okay... We're just going to go with the flow today. And Penelope had some... She wasn't like eating and wasn't feeling too great because she has teeth coming in. But the reality was I just gave up. I just gave up control. And we had a great day. Like it was just... She went down for a nap. I got a little bit of work done. She woke up. Like we went on a walk. You know, all this stuff. And got a little bit of exercise. Played with her. And it was a really fun day. And it was a great learning experience just to let go. Mm. And to give up control. And I told him this morning. I was just like, the sooner realize you're not able to control anything well when it comes to parenting but also i think in life for the reality is like i think the better life is the better for me as for parenting slash overall life yeah thanks for being such a great dad so i could go to san francisco and take my first solo trip you're welcome it was awesome and it's awesome to you know i hear women saying that 
they had to like make all the food and put it in the refrigerator and like, you know, micromanage everything before leaving on a trip and either their husband is resentful or doesn't know how to do it. And you know, that is not my experience. So I really want to congratulate you, not congratulate you, but honor you for being such an awesome dad because that is one area where I definitely don't need to control is your parenting because you've got that. (laughs) But I would say for me as well, the learning that I'm not in control has been a really hard lesson for me. And that is something that I definitely know now that I did not know before. I really thought, especially about birth, you know, I was raised on birth documentaries. Like I just thought, you know, and I was raised in a very birth positive household. And I thought that I could orchestrate. I know other women said that you can't, you know, don't get attached to your birth plan because things can happen and you don't know and whatever. And I was like, Yeah, but in my head, I mean, this is terrible. I'm just being honest. In my head, I was like, yeah, but women who, you know, end up, this is the previous me. So please just know that this is not how I feel anymore. This is like the naive pre giving birth Kate. I thought that women who like started at home, for example, and then needed to transfer to the hospital or planned a natural birth at the hospital and then decided to get an epidural or whatever. Like I was just like, well, they're weenies. Like I'm stronger than that. And I can do this. I'm not going to tell my birth story today, maybe another day, but suffice it to say it did not go as planned. And I realized like, wait a second, if there were anyone on the planet who could plan a perfect birth, it would be me. And I couldn't. And it was really hard to come to grips with that, to be perfectly honest. It, it took it took a while to really heal from that. So that was sort of the first lesson. And I think Penelope was like, okay, I am coming in to hit my mama hard with the surrender lesson. And so it was like right from the moment of going into labor, just surrendering to the process. But I think the one thing we do have control over and the one thing I'm really proud of from the birth experience is that I relaxed. That was the one thing we had learned Like whether it was in the hypnobirthing book or the birthing from within class or like the Ina Mae Gaskin work, all the stuff I read, it was about relax. And so I did. I really like in labor. Is that what you're uh talking about? Mm -hmm. But I'm about to make a metaphor here or a connection, which is that basically we don't have control in anything, but we do have control about our response to it. And so while I didn't have control over what was happening within my body, I did have control over whether or not I relaxed or resisted it. And I decided to relax. And so in parenting, something I'm working with, and I think, Mike, you shared your example on Saturday was such a great example. Rather than resisting the fact that you couldn't get anything done, like work-wise with Penelope, you relaxed and you were like, she's in the lead today. Like, what does P want to do? And I find that to be the case. Like when I'm trying to do stuff, even if I'm trying to pack her lunch and like make breakfast and she's just cranky pants, if I sit on the floor with her and let her lead and just freaking relax and be like, okay, so we might end up leaving the house 20 minutes later because I'm going to sit here and relax with P and really be with her. It's a really different experience. So we don't have control over the outcome. We don't have control over how things happen, but we do have control over our ability to either resist them or relax and allow basically, I guess, allowing. And I feel like I'm continuing to practice the allowing. Like right now, for example, I have this idea for actually two different books that I have ideas for. 
next books, which is really exciting because I have not felt like I wanted to do a book after doing the first one, which it's exciting to actually feel like I want to now. And then also we're building a house. And then also, you know, baby number two is in the mix there somewhere. I'm not pregnant, just to be clear. But at some point we want to have another baby. And I'm like obsessing. I can't stop thinking about like the timing. Like when should I get pregnant? When should I start the book? When should the book be published? Because I'm wanting to orchestrate it perfectly that we would like move into the house and the book launch and the baby and maternity leave and all of it. And I know that this is another lesson about like, relax, like there's a bigger plan here. I don't need to like put it in my timeline, but I so desperately want to time it perfectly. So this is not a lesson that I have nailed, but it is a lesson I am continuing to learn. It's great. I like that you just called yourself out on it. Uh, it's yeah. good. So I l- Although also... I think I have the timing down. I'll share with you <laughs> Oh my God. You don't have the timing down. I have down. the perfect plan. You don't have the perfect plan. <laughs> you think you do, but you don't. We actually thought when we were going to get pregnant with Penelope was going to be in March. And then we ended up getting pregnant with her in December. So... Yeah, we never know. It always changes. The That was on purpose, though. Oh, it was totally on purpose, yeah. That was a conscious decision to, to A spontaneous change. conscious decision. Yeah, exactly. Is it my turn to share? It's your turn to share. Okay. I realized how important... Well, I've known this before, but like my own alone time is. So the way I look at our relationship and having a family and so on, I actually got this from Casey Neistat, my man crush of all time or something, as Kate likes to say. It's man crush Monday. Man- oh, it is. We are recording MCM. on a Monday. So stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I just, the whole things I just don't get into it. That's not stupid. Like, whatever. It, I just like, okay. But you have man crushes hardcore. So you could participate. Yeah, I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. So anyway, but if you want to man crush me up, go right ahead. You've never done a man crush Monday for your husband. That's a man crush is, I think it's like other men doing man crush. Cause like no woman women crush- can have man crushes. Cause WCW would be like me woman crushing you on Wednesday about how awesome you are. Okay. Right. But I'm not going to do well, that. Well, I'm so. not going to tell you when. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Happen. Yeah. Please, you don't have to. I talk about how amazing you are on the internet all the time. Yeah, that's fine. On this podcast, we can just talk about it. We can just spend the rest of the episode talking about how awesome I am. Anyway, so I also, <laughs> so I look at like my life as a circle. What are those things called with the circles inter- intersecting Mandela. each other? Oh, a Venn diagram. Venn diagram. So on the left, just think you have a circle on the left. That would be Mike. A circle on the right would be Kate. And in the middle of that circle, it's intersecting a little bit. So you've seen these before. And that would be like our relationship. So, and then we also have Penelope in there now where I guess that would be a third circle where it's Penelope. And then that also intersects our relationship. And then where all three of them intersect is like the family dynamic that takes place. So it affects like having a baby affects the relationship. But the biggest learning experience I can take away how important this is, because I've heard this before, but just for me to focus on what drives and excites me. Now, I can't do that all the time because if I do focus on myself all the time, that would be like Donald Trump aspect. I'm just kidding. Getting a little political there. But anyway, it would be arrogant. It would affect the relationship. It would affect my relationship with Penelope. It would affect that dynamic. So, But to keep myself sane, those little things. So what is it one or two things that I can do each day that keeps me sane? That's really my main focus. So... A little bit. So I, sanity is your sanity. Focus. <laughs> sanity is my focus. So, yeah. So, like, 
how to function in the chaotic life of our family and stuff. You know, it's not that chaotic, but it's just it gets crazy. And for those of you who have kids or those of you who don't have kids, your life might be a little nuts, which it is. Most likely, probably everybody is. Life is. Life is nuts. So working out has been something that has felt great for me. And it's always been one of those things that have brought me to ease. And whether it's just movement, whether it's walking with Penelope, it's just getting outside and just walking down the street. When she was really born, we were doing a lot of walks around the neighborhood. Like it was just sane. You know, she would just sit in her stroller and I would walk and it would be like, oh my gosh, that's great. Now I started CrossFit like a month and a half ago or so. And that's been great for that aspect as well. But just like finding, and then I do the five minute journal. I've kind of, I used to do it every single day and then I took some time off and I've got back into it. But the five minute journal is just a journal where you, I spend three minutes in the morning, two minutes at night, or about five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night, just thinking about three things I'm grateful for, three things I would like to get, you know, would make today great. And just in like an affirmation says, I am a strong husband, you know, something like that as an example. I am sexy. Yes. So I am a man crush Monday hashtag. So that would be things for me that keep me sane. So that's been a big realization because then as long as I'm keeping myself fulfilled and happy, and we can talk about this on a later podcast because Kate and I are going through great discussions business wise, all this stuff that expands more into this. Uh, this topic. That's a whole nother podcast in itself. She just did sprinkle like jazz fingers. I don't know if it's sprinkling or what, what you were doing there. Fruit. I'm not sure what was happening I, there, but we're sprinkling. Was... We're in the sprinkle phase. If we so... hadn't been recording, I would have like slapped it, but I realized I can't do that. So I was yeah. trying to gently move it away. That was funny. So me filling my buckets up, allow me to fully show up to Kate, allow me to fully show up to Penelope. And then that keeps that relationship and family dynamic together well so that's been a big learning i love that one i second it what's been really fascinating though to find out is that i need less alone time than you do oh i love alone time that doesn't oh, really like so good i do too but not if like i'm gonna choose to have quality alone time like usually that will be sleeping <laughs> if i have although you know what's fascinating remember early on like one morning one sunday morning you said you would take penelope out of the house and it was like, I could go do whatever I wanted. And it was like in the early days, like when she was just a couple weeks or a couple months old. It was so funny because what I really wanted to do, like what made me feel amazing is like to shower, do my hair, do my makeup and go get my eyebrows waxed. Like that felt just so good to be well-groomed. Well, you know, that makes you feel good. That was like you part just of said. my sanity list right. is like grooming. Right. So like working out makes me feel good, yep. you know, so it, it comes back to like what is really going to fill my bucket up right now. Exactly. Yeah. And that might be like eating a banana. It could be. Could fill your bucket. One banana a day will fill your bucket. So. So another learning that I have had is that like, I already knew this, but I really don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I think that that's so huge. There are so many parenting books. And especially when we were really in the weeds with sleep, I read like, probably 20 baby sleep books, not to mention all the blogs. And I kind of made myself crazy. And I definitely made Mike crazy going down the wormhole of baby sleep. We also hired two sleep consultants. And I wrote a blog about this about was about the on control and the inherent brittleness of rigidity. So we can, we'll link it up. In we'll the link show it up notes. in the show notes. So with baby sleep, as my example here, 
and this is really connected to control. It's the same thing, but like I so wanted there to be a set of rules that I could follow that like, if I just did them perfectly, Penelope would sleep. Or if I just did them perfectly, Penelope's skin would clear up because we've struggled a lot with pretty severe eczema. She's doing much better now though. So if anybody wants to send in suggestions, we appreciate them, but we're good to go. (laughs) Every time I mention the eczema, we get flooded with emails and I'm so grateful because they're from a great place, but we really do have a great. You said that really nicely. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) So, So anyway, I really realized there was a great quote that Carrie Ann Moss she writes at AnnapurnaLiving.com, and she was also in Matrix. I still have never seen any of the Matrix Hello. movies. Hello. So oh everybody's goodness. like, she's... She like follows Kate on Twitter. A big deal actress, and I'm like... She comments awesome. on her Instagram. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, that's but, amazing. So shout yeah. out to Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie she Ann. wrote mm-hmm. on my Instagram post about something or other that she had this fabulous experience where I think a pediatric nurse practitioner or something told her read your baby, not a book. Mm. And I think that goes, whether you're a parent or not, it applies to life so well. It's like every situation is so different and there are going to be a hundred solutions that could work, but the right solution for you is not going to be in somebody's seven step formula to get your baby to sleep through the night. It's going to be you tuning into your child in that moment to listen for what he or she needs. And if I could go back and tell, you know, my early mom person one thing, it would be to relax and like let go about the sleep thing and read my baby, not a book, because I would have saved myself so much stress and angst. And I know Mike so much stress and angst and our nanny and everybody that I tried to micromanage. And I could have just really enjoyed the fact that like, nursing my baby to sleep is really pleasurable and delightful and like stop judging myself for it. So anyway, that's a big one. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. So it's a paradox of, I don't know what I'm doing yet. If in any given moment I tap in to like that still small voice or my inner wisdom or whatever you want to call it, I do know what to do and no book does and no expert does. And this applies to parenting our business, all the things. So that's been... Hold on, say that again. That was really good. Do you remember what you said? I said that I don't know what I'm doing, but in any given moment, if I tap into that still small voice within me, I do know what to do right then for that particular scenario. And that applies to parenting, to business. That's been a huge lesson for me. And I still, like I told Mike last night, we were talking, you know, late into the night. It was like 1030. And for us, that's super late (laughs) about... I want to like hire a business coach to come in and overhaul our business. And I'm like, somebody else must know the right thing to do. And it was another great reminder of like, we do know what to do and we don't know what we're doing in the grand scheme of things. And I don't think anybody does, but in each moment we can all have the opportunity to tap into what I believe is like a spark of divine wisdom that's within us that really does know the right thing in that moment and to knowing, especially when it comes to parenting, that the right thing today, like at this nap time or whatever, might be not the right thing tomorrow. And being okay with that too, that like once I found the way, it's not the way, it's just like the thing to do right now and then I need to let go of it and let the thing be the thing in the next moment. And that's been another huge lesson is the letting go, which is the same thing as surrender, which is the same thing as I don't have control. And that dance between like 
I am the mama bear and I know exactly what this child needs and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I feel like I'm going to lose my shit has been a dance and I do that dance all day. I'm just boogieing over here. (laughs) Sometimes. I do do a lot of dancing. You do do. You know what? Another parenting lesson. Babies love music and they love to dance and so do I. So like when all else fails, putting on music and doing some dancing helps everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. I think next time, our next child, Kate just needs some more bananas during that time to <laughs> eat another banana to fill yourself up no, during that instead of a book. No, bananas do not fill my bucket. I know, I'm, I'm not kidding. that into bananas. <laughs> that was cool. You brought up something with what you just said. We should talk. I, this is a whole episode, so I'm definitely going to write this down so we can I've talk about it. it. But it's it like now. that little voice inside of us. And what does that sound like? You know, when you're talking about... Who is that little voice inside of us? When we know it's right, but we don't listen to it, or we know it's wrong and we don't listen to it, like what you just said, or you all of a sudden go, you go to these outside sources. If you would have taken maybe during the three weeks of craziness or three months or however long that period was around the house, like if you just sat with yourself for 10 minutes and was like, okay, what is my body telling me to do? So what does that sound like to you, Kate? What does that sound like to me, Mike? Because I almost feel like, Exactly what you just said about our business. It's saying we need to hire a coach. Well, I think at points in time, it's valuable to get some outside help for lots of varieties. Like workout wise, I need to go someplace else and get told what to do or go on a website and have them give me a workout. Me creating my own workouts at this moment in time doesn't work. So that's like an outside assistance help. But I think it's really valuable to say what's right and what's wrong. I'd say today there's so much information that we're inputting every single day that we've lost that little voice of who we are and what's right, what's not right, and what's wrong. So it's like getting back to that. And I, I've been on a journey for that. So that's been cool. That's a really valuable topic. Thanks. So cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Did you write that down? I did. I wrote it down. Okay. Because I saw you doing something. So I was not texting. I was writing down the future topic. Oh, okay. Great. You had. Okay, cool. <laughs> My next one would be, there's a common thing, and we hear this, definitely we've heard it traveling around, and you hear it a lot with like, oh, they're a baby, or it's like, oh, they don't know they're a baby, or they don't know they're a small child, or they're two or three, you know, and they might be a young kid, or they don't know what there's going on. The number one thing I've learned with Penelope being a year old now, she knows what's going on. She is tapped and tuned in to what is going on in this world. And she makes decisions. I give her two choices for certain things. Like if we were going to read a book, I put two books in front of her. And I'm just like, which one would you want to read? And she points to the one she wants. She takes it. And so sometimes I do experiments where I put that one down and I start to read the other one. And she'll go crazy because she didn't get what she wanted. So it's really interesting. I like to test Penelope out. I do all sorts of random stuff throughout the day, but just, I think it's interesting to learn because it helps me learn about her. So these babies know what the heck is going on. And I think we undervalue how smart these little munchkins are. And it's been a really eye-opening learning experience where it says they don't need to be five to know what's going on. Like she's one, she knows what's going on and she's pretty tuned in for the world and if like Kate and I are in a fight she can feel that and then she I remember that one time early on like we got in a fight about something and like it disrupted her sleep all night and yeah it was crazy and then you know we talked to her about anytime we go anywhere or I'm carrying her we're going on a walk I always tell her what's going on so she's informed because who wants to be 
like as an adult, like I just pick Kate up. Sometimes surprises, yes. But let's just say I drag her someplace. I'm like, we're going here. And she's like, well, where are we going? You know, and it's just like being informed with what's taking place. And I can see that Penelope really likes that as well. So I will never say, oh, she's just a baby. She doesn't get it. Or she's just two. She doesn't get it. She gets it. Like these two, these kids know they're more in touch with themselves or what they like and they don't like than we are as adults. They're more in tune with that because they haven't had the judgment. They haven't had the external circumstances that stops us. They don't have the fear. They don't have the negativity that comes with day-to-day activities, right? So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And on that same thread, watching Penelope, and also you see this when you watch other kids, she has no doubt that she's deserving, that she's totally lovable. There's nothing in her energy field of doubt that, like, she thinks oh, you know, like there's no shame. Like it's not like, oh, if I'm cranky this next minute, it means like somehow my parents aren't going to love me. She's just exactly who she is at every moment of the day and has no doubt that that's not totally fine. And it's amazing to watch that because that's, I believe, in all of us. And I do, you know, obviously like part of being an adult and growing up is also becoming part of society. And (laughs) I don't, I'm not saying we should all act like babies all the time, but that element of everything about me is totally perfect and lovable and not feeling like, oh, if I'm my full self right now, then I won't be loved. She's her full self all the time. And it makes her more lovable because it's just, A, it's fascinating to just watch her and be like, what's she going to do next? She's never lying. It's always 100% authentic. And so it's riveting. Mike and I sat last night on two stools in the kitchen and just watched her. And it's like the best entertainment <laughs> ever. I will say I'm a baby kid person. So yes, of course, I love my daughter and it's a connection there. But I think this with other kids too, like in airports. I love mm-hmm. watching kids and just being like, what are they doing? And that essence of I am perfect exactly how I am and all parts of me are perfect and all parts of me, maybe not perfect, but all parts of me are lovable and there's nothing I could do to unearn lovability. And that's something I'm learning from Penelope. And I, of course, I can't control this, but I will do my best to preserve that in her as long as possible so that she won't have to spend the rest of her life working hard to get back to knowing that she's lovable and really value who she is as a person, you know, and came to the table with. And I mean, that's definitely one reason I was attracted to you in the first place, you know, because you already had that. I had what? Like that belief in yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think you'll do a great job of that with our daughter and you will. And I mean, it's man crush Monday. So you will. Of course I will. Yeah. Obviously. Anyway, it is hard freaking work. Like just, it takes work, you know, and it's not saying like there's different levels of hard work, right? There's moving dirt, like digging a hole in your side yard. That's hard physical work, right? But this is like physical, emotional, spiritual. And I just didn't understand that. I really call, I say I have felt four buckets, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So like it affects all four of those equally. And it requires a effort to balance those back out for myself because it's not about me anymore. Like when Kate and I are married before baby, like 
she can go away all day and I don't have to worry about what she's doing or if she's able to eat or, you know, or stuff like, is she going to the bathroom, you know, getting her diaper changed? Kate doesn't wear diapers, but she can go to the bathroom herself. Right. But with Penelope, I just can't leave all day and then just like go to the store and leave her sitting on the floor in the living room. So it's that dependent. Is that the right word? Like she's a hundred percent dependent on someone else to, and that is, and I've had animals like living, not my own animals, but I've had them in college. They basically were kind of my animals. So I get having a pet, but it's still different because a pet can be left alone for a couple hours, half a day, whatever. But a baby, it was a whole, it was such an eye opening experience. Yeah. This is, um, other parents out there. I think you'll appreciate how funny it is when you tell a story about parenting and then people respond with a story about their dog. <laughs> yeah. And if you've done that, it's totally That's okay. Fine. It is yeah. similar, but every time it happens, it cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's anyway, we, we've had a lot of conversation between the two of us about that stuff. It's like, there's love. It's all love all the way around. And it's what that person can compare to because before having a baby, like people would talk about their kids. Like I, we had people in our USANA business and I'd be like, what do you mean you can't get an hour of time a day to make calls? Like, those are excuses. And then now I have a kid. I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm an idiot. Like I was an idiot before because I didn't understand. I wasn't the dependency and what's required. It's not that I was, I don't know if naive is the right word because I was, yeah, probably naive, but I was also never, oh, that's not true. I was going to say I was never, we used to travel so much, just the two of us. And I told Kate, it's like a baby's not going to change our oh travel schedule. God, he would be like, like, I don't see what people are talking about with yeah, babies just, and it's hard to travel. We're just going to keep doing all the same stuff and just bring her with us. Well, boy, that was, uh, I guess it was a little, I guess arrogant is the right word when it came to that. And I had no idea. You know, I just had really no idea. And I had a pretty hard, it was a, I wouldn't say a hard time, but it was just a big adjustment period for a while. And it was same for Kate, you know, but but they were different adjustment periods. It was a different, your identity changes too. Like it, our relationship changes because now all of a sudden Kate's main source is not to say like hang out with Mike. It's to make sure that Penelope is fed right. Or during breastfeeding and to make sure that that takes care of. And that element of a guy, the connection that the mom and baby have, I will never ever experience that. You know, it's just, it's, it's not possible. Like there's no way that's ever going to, have that connection between a mother and her children versus the dad and this kid. Like for me, somebody posted on Instagram one day, it was like, you're doing a you know great job. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just showing up every day to make sure that, you know, just like I want to play with Penelope and be a part of it. And that's the only thing I know what to do. It's like show up, feed her, change her diaper, change clothes, like doing all that stuff. And that's what I'm trying to do. And it took me a while for this. I have friends that became super motivated as soon as the baby was born. Like, oh, we have to make more money. We have to do this provider instinct. And that didn't happen for eight, nine months, 10 months for me. You know, I never, I didn't feel that. I was like, what is going, why? Like, I felt bad. I shamed myself for it. I was like, why don't I feel like this? I should feel like this. And now I totally feel like it's there. It's like, okay, to be a good person. Like, I want to be a good human in the world to represent that for our daughter. Yeah. I also want to say, and I know you're not shaming yourself for this anymore, but I think that had we been in a situation where we were struggling financially and then I had a baby, correct? I had a baby and 
we needed to do something about it. I believe that that provider instinct Correct. would have really kicked in, but there was no emergency Correct. there. So I agree with I, that. I think that yeah, and I, you I let second yourself that. off the hook up there. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was more, I think back like three or four years ago when we were both in tremendous amounts of debt and we had way more of a provider instinct kicked in there before the baby was just like, we got to take care of this stuff financially. We have to be able to pay rent. We have to be able to, you know, buy food. We have to pay off our debt, stuff like that. So I agree with that. I think that's a part of it where I was pretty, you know, our business was squared away. We had a little money in the bank. We really kind of chilled for a little bit, which was nice. But now like we're getting back Penelope, now that she's a year older and her skin's doing better and overall like she's sleeping and she's sleeping. That was a big thing. So it's amazing cool. how fast I was like, okay, let's start talking about having another baby as soon as she started. Yeah, sleeping. It's, it's like, it, it's like amnesia yeah. the last year. I know. Anyway, well, that's why people keep having kids. <laughs> they forget about it. The whole thing. It's so good. The other lesson. I just like the love is so big. Yeah, it's huge. It's just beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And it's so awesome. Yeah. And I saw that like that like grew more when it was just her and I over this weekend, just the three of us. I was like, uh, or just just the the two of us. Yeah. So that was just, it would just grew like spending that time was awesome. I really did appreciate that a lot. Cool. Cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And please head over to katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast and leave us a review subscribe. We would love to share this with your friends. Any new parent friends, please pass this along to them and we'll see you on the next episode. That was fantastic. Bye guys. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you. Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living to learn what they are. Go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.